All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. It is October 4th, and we are back with Daily Faceoff Live, our second show of the season. Tyler Uremchuk and Frank Saravalli with you for 30 minutes of straight hockey talk. Things are starting to cook up. Before we get going, though, into our topics, some news today. Scott Perunovic is going to be reevaluated in six months. Uh, Frank, this is a guy who just, it's a shame he can't stay healthy because the former Hobie Baker finalist, he had a bright future. Yeah, 2020 Hobie Baker winner, actually, and such winner. a talented guy that dealt with the torn labrum last year, was really unable to play for the bulk of the season, finally had surgery, and then this year seems ready to go, ready to take a big bite off the Blues blue line, and then goes down with an injury in late September, and of course now is out for six months. So tough news for Scott Perunovich and the Blues. Yeah, tough news for them. A handful of tough injuries early on throughout the preseason all around the league. But today we're going to be focusing on the Pacific Division. So let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and dig into some bold predictions, Frank. And uh, I'm going to let you go first. What do you got? You're the bold predictions master. So I'm excited to hear this. Yeah, it's not quite bold prediction season yet. That's tomorrow on dailyfaceoff.com. I'll have 32 of them. But I'll give you a little sneak preview since we're previewing the Pacific Division today. And my pick is that the Los Angeles Kings will win the Pacific Division. There's been so much talk about the Edmonton Oilers. Are the Calgary Flames better than they were last season when they won the division? Not that many people have been talking about the Kings. And I look at this group, they add a really talented player in Kevin Fiala, an 80-point scorer. Uh, 
they had Drew Doughty coming off of injury, and he was so good before that injury. I'm told that his summer was great. He's ready to get back to that level and hungry to do it. And they were missing Victor Arvidsson. So Victor Arvidsson and Drew Doughty at the playoffs, and they still took the Oilers to seven games last spring. I think this is a really good team that's only going to continue to get better with some of their young guys continuing to take on bigger roles. And when you have someone like a Quinton Byfield properly slotted at third line center for your team, you've got Kopitar and you've got Dano down the middle, that's the makings of a really good group moving forward. And I think they're ready to take the next step and increase their expectations. Yeah, you mentioned the young upside there, and that's definitely a reason to like the Kings. The only concern I would have there is just the goaltending. Last year, early in the year, Jonathan Quick was lights out. From January on, his save percentage really took a dip. Cal Peterson struggled to get above a 900 save percentage all year, but the rest of that team looks pretty rock solid. For me, Frank, I'm going to stay north of the border, and I'm going to say the Vancouver Canucks make the playoffs. You look at the pace they were on last year when Bruce Boudreau took over. It was remarkable. I mean, they almost got in last year, and I really like what they did over the summer as well. They locked up JT Miller, so boom, that storyline is out of the way. And they got some depth scoring with Andre Kuzmenko coming over from the KHL and Ilya Mikheyev, a guy that scored 20 goals in 55 games last year. You combine that depth scoring. And then you look at their one weakness, which is probably on the blue line where they would like to have a little bit more depth. But when you have Thatcher Demko between the pipes, I like to think he could make any blue line look pretty good in front of them or at least passable. And I have high expectations for Demko this year. So I'm going to say the Canucks squeaking into the playoffs, Frank. Is that bold enough for you? Is that a little too mild? It's it's mild, but I think it's bold in the sense that I don't think it's going to happen. I have real concerns about the Canucks. And you could say the Canucks and and... Maybe the Calgary Flames are the only two teams in the division that don't have question marks in net. I still think the Edmonton Oilers do with Jack Campbell. He needs to prove something to me this season. Which guy is he? But when you look at the Canucks, I their their preseason has been really rocky when you consider their best players haven't been good enough and they haven't gotten a big enough push from guys that should be beating down the door to make their team. Fair enough. Uh, Let's talk about who could get in, though. You're saying you don't think the Canucks will find a way to squeak into the postseason. So how many playoff teams are there in this division, in your opinion, Frank? So I've thought long and hard about this. And I was saying before, I thought maybe this would be the year that some of the teams in the Central would take a little bit of a step back, considering that five Central teams made it last year. But I've actually reconsidered. And I think there's only three again from the Pacific Division. I've got the Kings in the one spot. The Oilers in the two spot and the Flames in the three spot. And yes, sign us up for another Battle of Alberta in the first round this time with the Oilers and Flames clashing. I think we'd all take that. And maybe that was the best part of what Brad Tree Living did this summer was not only just bringing in those really talented players in Uberdo and Cadbury and go down the list with Vigar, but he kept the Battle of Alberta alive. And I think that's so significant for uh, hockey fans in Alberta moving forward. We saw we got a taste of that. It was too short last year at five games, and we really need it again. Um, so those are the three that I'm looking at. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Vegas Golden Knights coming up. They're their goaltending, too big of a question mark for me. I think there's holes in their lineup. And I just don't know if the Canucks have the consistency to get there. I think they're going to be in for a bit of a rocky start. I have four getting in for the Pacific Division because I think one of Dallas or Nashville is going to find a way to fall out in the Central Division, and that'll open up a second wildcard spot for someone in the Pacific. I do think it's going to be tight. I got Edmonton at the one spot. I got Calgary in the two spot. 
And I really think three, four, and five in this division is going to be really, really tight, tight between the Golden Knights, the Kings, and the Vancouver Canucks. But ultimately, I'm going with the Kings and the Canucks getting in. And like you said, the Golden Knights getting out. We'll have more on that in just a second. But you look at you know, kind of how spread out this division was with the bottom half and the Seattle Kraken only being a 60-point team. I think the, I don't want to call it a mushy middle, but I, I think things might be more compact this year. Anaheim found a way to have a pretty decent offseason, and if they have a bounce back from a guy like John Gibson, and then, you know, Zegers takes a step forward, Drysdale takes a step forward, combine that with Klingberg and with Strom up front, you know, the Ducks could make a bit of a push here as well and at least keep it close for a little, steal some points throughout the year from those teams at the top, and I think Seattle won't be a pushover either. So I think this division, the point I'm making, it's going to be tighter than it was last year. Yeah, I think that's certainly possible. Um, but you also have to keep in mind when asking this question, what's going on in the Central? And you said that you think one of yeah. Dallas or Nashville falls out. I agree with you. But here's my prediction is that the Winnipeg Jets get in. And I think they, they're they in for an all or nothing type season. It's either going to be yeah. really good to me or the wheels are going to fall off and they're going to need to burn it to the ground. I just have a sneaking suspicion after we had Rick Bonus on our podcast, the DFO Rundown, a couple weeks back, um, he oozed positivity, he oozed uh, confidence in a sense that he thinks that this team can turn it around after a really rocky season last year. Speaking of a really rocky season last year, that describes what happened in Vegas with the Golden Knights pretty well. There, there are, in my opinion, a few reasons to be fairly optimistic about the Golden Knights. You know, they should be healthier. A full season of Jack Eichel potentially could really help them out. Hopefully Mark Stone has his injury issues kind of put in the past here. But there are also a lot of reasons for me to be really concerned about this Vegas team. I don't like their depth really anywhere in their lineup, on the forward group, on the blue line, especially when they had to make the moves they did over the offseason. And then between the pipes, that's the biggest question mark of all. They're going with Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson to start. And, I mean, those two guys combined, I don't think, have 100 games of NHL experience. So there are plenty of reasons to be concerned with this Golden Knights team as we get a look at things over on Daily Faceoff. Neither of us have them as a playoff team, Frank. Um, but what's your outlook on Vegas heading into this season? I think you hit a lot of it on the head. And, and Alex, if you scroll back up to their forward group, I mean, look at their centers. They remain a team that's weak down the middle when Chandler Stevenson is your 2C. Um, and I think they're a group that, that, that gets thin in a hurry, and that's counting on everyone being healthy. If you start taking pieces out of that lineup and you look at Mark Stone and his significant contributions, <clears throat> he has what I believe is a degenerative back issue. That means it's not going to be getting all that much better. Um, so when you go through the, the process and you see, you know, sort of how they're handling him in training camp and, you know, you look forward to this season, like what is an honest, realistic projection for Mark Stone and his number of games played this year? I, I can't answer that. We'll see it at the end of the day. But you take Stone and, and we – didn't really hammer their goaltending. That, to me, is the biggest thing. Like Alec yeah. Martinez, another guy with real injury issues on their back end. What does he have left? He seems like he lost the step anyway to begin with. Um, you know, they get thin in a hurry all over the place because of their cap issues. And it necessitated a spot this summer where they gave Max Pacioretty away, a guy that averaged 37 goals a season for that team, gave him away for nothing the second summer in a row that they gave away a significant contributor for nothing. So they're rolling the dice quite literally to use the Vegas pun 
going with Logan Thompson uh, in net uh, along with Aiden Hill, a journeyman who's been uh, never really been able to grab that number one job. And that to me, I've seen so many predictions from people. Hey, the Golden Knights are getting back in. This team's too talented to not be in. Maybe I'm missing it. I just don't see this as one of the deeper rosters in the league. If they're going to get in, they'll probably need a guy like Jack Eichel to be close to the 50 goal mark. And I say that as a nice, smooth transition into our fourth topic here, where we're going to dig into some potential 50 goal scores this year. Last year in the NHL, we had four of them, which was pretty remarkable. With Dreisaitl, Matthews, Ovechkin, and Chris Kreider reaching the plateau. There was a couple of guys who hit the 47 goal mark with Kirill Kaprizov and Kyle Connor, who you see on your screen here. In total, there were 17 players who hit the 40 goal mark. But we want to talk about the 50-goal plateau, Frank. How many guys do you think are hitting that mark this season? It's a small list. I'm going to say I'm going to say three. I'm going to go with Matthews, Dreisaitl, Connor. And the guy knocking on the door is the other Connor, I think, in Connor McDavid. He hasn't gotten to that 50-goal mark just yet. And he's made it a point to try and score more goals. Uh, 44 being the career high last year. And it still kind of amazes me that he didn't win the Hart Trophy last year. And and it's not to say that Austin Matthews didn't have a great year. I think we just became infatuated with the idea of 60 goals. He was outstanding. Um, but we have the best player in the world, probably inarguably, score a career high in goals and a career high in points. And he doesn't win the heart. It was just, it was an odd way that it sort of ended. Um, and then you see the dominance from McDavid in the postseason and the point totals and, and what he was able to accomplish. It, it feels like he's going to that next level and for him to break through with six more goals, uh, he's there. And I, I think Kirill Kaprizov has a really good chance too. So four, maybe five. You mentioned Kaprizov, you mentioned McDavid. I actually have them both hitting the mark, but I'm going with only four 50-goal scorers because I actually have Ovechkin uh, missing out on it and Chris Kreider missing out on it as well. So I'm going with Matthews, Dreisaitl, McDavid. So the Oilers will have two. And Kirill Kaprizov is my 450-goal guys with Kyle Connor probably being right on the doorstep. If there's one guy who's, you know, maybe not considered a conventional 50-goal guy, I'm intrigued about Jason Robertson. Like, he needs to get into the lineup now. If he misses the first week or whatever this season with the contract holdout, probably not getting to 50 goals. But he's a guy, if he gets all 82 games in, I'd be really curious to see if he can take a jump forward. Just quickly, Frank, as we wrap this up, anyone maybe lower down that a lot of people don't talk about that you think has an outside shot at it? Pasternak in a contract year, I think is interesting. A guy that has gotten to 48 before and really, you know, contract years go one way or the other. Either the player wilts under the pressure of that or busts through the way that Johnny Gaudreau did last year. And um, man, can't think of a guy who had a better contract year or uh, to a better time to have a career year than Johnny Gaudreau last year. All right, let's uh, continue the talk about some stats and things like that and get you ready for your fantasy hockey drafts, which I'm sure are coming up for a lot of people with our friend Nick Alberga. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Very excited to welcome in Nick Alberga for his show debut. First time on D Daily Faceoff <laughs> Live. And uh, we're going to talk a little fantasy hockey today, delivered by our friends over at DoorDash. Nick, a good spot to start is at the top of drafts. I think a lot of people would assume, you know, Connor McDavid's going number one. Maybe they would assume Matthews is going two. Who would you have in that three spot? It's interesting, right? Like, you know, it depends, and it's all subjective on lists, right? A lot of people have Leon Dreisettle ahead of uh, of Connor McDavid. Some people have Matthews, as you mentioned, at number two. For me, it would be Matthews at number three. But, you know, just to make the argument, I think you understand why it's really, really close between, say, an Austin Matthews and a Leon Dreisettle. I just think from a category coverage standpoint, there's just a bit more to extract from a guy like Dry Settle, specifically the attachment to Connor McDavid on the power play. So that's probably why I lean more so in the direction of Dry Settle than I do Matthews at number two. Nick, leagues are won and lost every year on guys that you're able to pick up late in rounds, rounds eight, nine, ten. The sleepers, who are some guys that make your list as your favorite sleepers this year? Yeah, it's all about extracting value. You're right on that, Frank. And ultimately, my, my top guy, I look right to the Detroit Red Wings, who we think are taking the next step this season in the Atlantic Division. I'm looking at Jacob Vrana, of course, as you see on the board right there. In 37 total games now with Detroit, he has 21 goals. You prorate that in 82 games, that's a 47-goal pace. Now, I'm not saying he's going to score at that pace, but still, it's really, really good value when you're getting him in your draft around 110 to 120. So I would look at him. Another guy I would look at, you just talked about Vegas. Uh, how about Vegas, former Vegas Golden Knight, Alex Tuck, now with the Buffalo Sabres, potentially. Could he be the new captain of the team? We'll find out on that front. But I think there's a lot of value for a guy like Tuck playing in that top six. Um, in 50 total games last year with Buffalo, he had 38 points, 12 goals. You prorate that over 82. It's around a 60-point pace. So I think, obviously, there's a lot of value in him. And the last guy you see on your screen is Tyler Toffoli. Um, you talk about plum assignments. He's going to get the opportunity to play in that top line with the Calgary Flames. Knows Daryl Sutter really, really well. So Toffoli's a guy I would really, really circle because I like his value at that position. Kind of similar question here for me, but who are some players that maybe fantasy owners should be looking at you know, who, who were disappointing last year but could bounce back? Like I think back to last year, guys like Duchesne, Johansson, even a Vlad Tarasenko didn't have very high stock heading into the draft, but they were lights out all season. Who are some potential bounce back candidates in your opinion? 
Yeah, exactly. Like the drafts are all about extracting value. And when you can hit on a bounce back candidate, you have to be all over it. And it puts your position and your roster in a really, really good shape uh, to go far. I like what Frank said earlier about the Winnipeg Jets. I'm all over the Jets this season. I have Rick Bonus to win my Jack Adams trophy. I feel that highly about them. I think they're going to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. And where I'm going with this is Connor Hellebuck and a bounce back season in between the pipes for him with the Winnipeg Jets. It's easy to forget. He's just two years removed from winning the Vesna Trophy. So I expect that. Um, a couple other guys I would look at on the back end, uh, you know, staying consistent with the trade conversation. Frank Jacob Chikrin is a guy who clearly wants out of Arizona. I think will play his very best to get out of that market and land elsewhere. And I think when he does, I think he's going to land some significant fantasy value. So I would look at him. And also Dougie Hamilton, who I've been all over in my draft so far here in this fantasy season. I just think there's a lot of value with this player. Get seven goals, 20 points in his first 30 games last year before he breaks his jaw, before he hurts his toe. So players like that who are coming off mega contracts, usually in their first year that struggle, I think they're, 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 you know, they're prime candidates for bounce back seasons. Just quickly, because we have a couple extra minutes here, Nick. Uh, yeah. We're about to dig into the Calder Trophy in our inbox question. Who are some rookies who you're eyeing up from a fantasy perspective this year? So if you want to handicap things, I think Matty Beniers is the guy to beat. I know there's been a lot of conversation about Mason McTavish, but you look at the body of work so far of Beniers. I know I'm not sure if you guys caught the goal last night. Like this guy's elite, elite, elite already. Uh, he's going to center that top line. I'm not crazy about playing with Donato and Bjorkstrand, but again, I don't put too much stock in the training camp lines. I think once the season starts, we'll see a bit more in terms of what Dave Haxtall and, and company are thinking about there in Seattle. So Beniers would be my front runner in fantasy. I think he should be the first rookie drafted off the board. I'm taking nothing away from some of the defensemen, guys like, uh, you know, Power and, and Jake Sanderson to an extent. Cale Addison is a big-time sleeper with the Minnesota Wild, especially if he continues to run that first power play unit. And other looks I would give Mason McTavish, although right now he's playing on the third line at PP2. And as Frank mentioned earlier on, Logan Thompson. He's a bit longer in the tooth. Of course, took him longer to be a... Uh, a perennial guy in this league, but he's going to be the number one for the Vegas Golden Knights. I still have questions, but I think if you're looking for starts, I think you look there with Logan Thompson. Nick, when you look at the goaltending, um, real quick before you go, you, you yeah. mentioned it's it's such a difficult predict bit position to predict, excuse me, uh, Hellebuck having a big bounce back. Who are some of the other guys that you're looking for this year to be better that maybe struggled a bit last year? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an extremely volatile position in general, right, Frank? I think when you're, you're sifting through goaltenders to look at in fantasy hockey, um, I think even to an extent, you mentioned it earlier with contract years, Semyon Varlamov, like I know Ilya Sorokin is going to be the number one with that team, but I would look for better numbers from a guy like Varlamov. Um, I think you even look to New Jersey's crease like Vitek Vanacek. Even to an extent in Toronto, I think you can find a lot of value in Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov. Just doing a couple of my drafts early on, it seems like people are scared beyond belief to even go near Toronto's net mining, where there's some people who think Toronto's going to miss completely. There's some who, who think Toronto's not going to skip a beat. So I think you have to think along those lines because you're going to have your guys atop the list, you know, Jacob Markstrom, Vasilevsky, Shesterkin, uh, Sorokin, Saros. Like there's guys who are legit. And then there are guys that were maybe looking to take that next step or bounce back off dis disappointing seasons. But long story short, I think you'll be able to find a lot of value in your crease if you're, you're patient in your draft. Nick, appreciate the insight as always. Uh, this segment delivered by our friends at DoorDash where you can use the promo code GAMEDAY25 to get 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. Nick's going to be handling a lot of Leafs content. 
lot of fantasy hockey contents. We look forward to chatting with you throughout the year, man. A little foreshadowing, potentially for tomorrow. You never know. Take care, guys. <laughs>
a Campbell-Skinner duo has a higher floor than a Smith-Koskinen, and that'll lead to the Oilers, in my opinion, not having a six, seven-week slump like they did under Dave Tippett last season. So I love the Oilers to go over 103.5. I'm going a full unit on that. And then, since I like them to be a 104-point team, it only makes sense to throw a little half-unit sprinkle on them to win the Pacific Division as well. Plus 200, it's been going up. You could have gotten this at about plus 250 a couple of weeks ago, but I still like it if you can get it in the plus 200 range. Uh, so a decent spot there. I know, Frank, though, you're hammering that plus 500 on the LA Kings to win the division. That's some pretty juicy odds there. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good, plus 550. And, and that's why it's a bold prediction. Like, it'd be easy yep. to pick the Oilers or the Flames. But in this case, I just like what the Kings are building. And they may not get there this year, but I, I think they're going to mm -hmm. be right up there in the Pacific Division for a number of years. Last minute of play here on Daily Faceoff Live, and that means it's time for garbage time. So, Frank, I will step aside. What do you got? I'm sorry if I've seemed a little bit distracted during today's show because it's been hard to take my eyes off of what's happening in Ottawa. It, with parliamentary hearings today, they have continued with Hockey Canada and the Canadian Heritage Committee. It's been basically appointment television to watch Hockey Canada squirm after they were found to be on Monday yet again not quite transparent in terms of a second fund that's existed and has been set aside with millions of dollars for more than two decades to pay off sexual assault cases. Now, yes, the fund hasn't been used, but watching Hockey Canada explain their decision-making process as you can take a live look at it, it's been kind of amazing to see. They keep saying the same things over and over and over again as their board chair, Andrea Skinner, has addressed the Canadian Heritage Committee. She might as well have a PhD because all she's doing is piling it higher and deeper for Hockey Canada. It seems like they're never going to get out of this mess. We've been waiting for them to clean house for months upon end. And it doesn't seem to be coming. They are relentless. And to hear and see a, a brief uh, view into their thought process through minutes that were released, to see them uh, say in their, in their private board meetings that they need to change the communication instead of being in the neutral zone, uh, they need to be on the offensive and need to make this story positive, that they were victim-centered and that that's the reason why they decided to pay this woman who was treated so horribly by the 2018 uh, World Junior Team at a celebration in 2019 in London, Ontario. Uh, I just throw my arms up because, you know, I'd like to see more action and all Hockey Canada does is talk, Tyler. Yeah, uh, very well said, Frank. The system seems broken. And to quote what a bunch of people have been saying on Twitter, just burn it to the ground. Get everyone out of there clean house and start over. I think that that would be the best way for Hockey Canada to move forward, but that's clearly not the path they're taking. We are out of time, so that's going to do it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. For Frank Saravalli, Nick Alberga, who was fantastic in his show debut, and our technical producer, Alex Allard. We look forward to chatting with you again tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.